Episode 19 of Slam City. That's right, folks. The new era is LeBron and Kyrie of this show. Because J.R. Smith just left us. And he's Jordan like, and Pippen. Exactly. Jordan Pippen right here. Raymond Mora. Jeremy Epstein here on Slam City. Over Dunk 360, of course. But, you know, we have a new era, like I said. Which is you and me now. No more like, Inqua. Yep. He's gone. Yep. He's off the greener. And Total freedom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Free. We're He's free. free He's ready to go. He wasn't the only person to leave us Friday as Kevin Garnett also retired. Yeah. We, we'll cover that a little later in the show. Yeah. Coming up, we have Super Cali, an artist out of Atlanta. Yeah. And Christian Dyer of Metro is coming on to talk Jets and Giants. But unfortunately, we do have to start out on a sad note mm-hmm. with the passing of Marlon superstar Jose Fernandez. So where did you? when did you hear about it and where were you? And what yeah. was your reaction? Well, I was waking up. Um, you know, I was after Saturday uh, going out with my girl and everything. I woke up. And um, at first when I saw it, I'm just like, is this a joke? Like yeah, that, I, I had the similar the reaction. I, I was like, was like, oh, my God. Website, on Onion website. Whatever. Yeah, the and Onion. I, you yeah. thought it was a. Yeah, and I looked at it. It was from ESPN. I'm just like, for real. And then I was so shocked. And I saw a video of Hannah Storm. And I believe it was um, one of the analysis, uh, you know, the Hispanic analysis. And he was describing the whole. Oh, like Eduardo Perez? Yeah, Perez, yeah, he, yeah. he was a hitting coach for the Marlins, so he knew yeah. Jose Fernandez really well. Yeah, and it was just really sad. Like, I understand from his point. I mean, I, that whole day and pretty much the whole week, I was just, like, really down. Because it's, like, it's a young player. And a superstar player on the verge of, like, a yeah. $200 million contract. Yep. His story was unbelievable. 24 years old. 24, but, like. He made several attempts to defect from Cuba. I think three or four. He yeah. spent time in jail. He he he. On one of his success, I think his successful attempt, his mom fell out of the boat, and Fernandez jumps into the water. His mom couldn't swim. He could. He yeah. didn't know it was his mom at the time. He just thought, oh my God, someone who's trying to get to America, have a better life, is fell out of the boat. I'm going to save them. And it turned out to be his mom. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate what happened, but I I think it was just an accident. I don't like you know with other people you hear. Like, there was, like, alcohol and drugs involved, but I think they were just going at a high rate of speed, and unfortunately, I think the boat tipped. It's just so sad, man. I mean, that whole day, I was just like, wow, like, a guy was 24 years old, and we described him like he was going to be a big star. He's on the ver- He was gone. on the verge of life-changing money, probably a Hall of Fame career. It's all gone, though. Like, and then Mar- uh, Marnos, when they played the next day, when D. Gordon hit that home run, you know, he said it even from the answer when he was on the Dan LaPocard show on ESPN, he was saying... Uh, you know, God helped him out there that, that day. Yeah, I don't just think like, D. Gordon hit any home run. I know, exactly, until that point, and that was like a shot. And he went into the, I think he took the first pitch yeah. as a right-hander, yeah. and he just let it go. Yeah, he just let it go. I mean, that was, that was crazy. That was a crazy night for them. So how how you remember Jose Fernandez? Because it's kind of a shock, because baseball, you've had a couple of these incidents. So, you know, Daryl Kyle died, and you have like guys like in the NFL with Pat Tillman. Malik Seeley died and then during the NBA season. I think he got hit by a car or something like that. So how would you remember Jose Fernandez? Because it's it's ama- it's really tough to imagine how the Marlins could, you know, bounce back for this. Not forget about the caliber of player he was. He was kind of the lifeblood of that clubhouse. Because they were talking on ESPN as you're saying that there are guys who you are clubhouse cancers and they suck the air out of the room when they come in. And there are guys like Jose Fernandez who enjoyed the game, who can't come in, bring all the life into the room. And now the Marlins kind of just lost that. If you saw that press conference, Don Manley compared it to him having the enthusiasm as, as a little leaguer. Yeah. So how would how are you going to remember Jose Fernandez? I mean, I remember as a guy who was passionate about the game of baseball. I think a lot of people describe him as a guy who, who you know, just want to have fun out there and win. And, you know, in terms of baseball, like outside of it, you know, his life, where he, where he came from 
to where he is now. I mean, I think it's, it's a pretty unbelievable. Story. It should be a documentary about it, really. I think it should be a documentary. What about and it. the uh, I think a Marlins outfielder declined an invitation to go on the boat with him. Yeah, and I think I think it was warning him though not yeah. to do it, but then he went on and you know. That's well, that's the thing with saying. athletes too, though they think. I mean, this isn't a knock on him, obviously, but athletes do think they're invincible and things like that. It's yeah. tough to get told, you know, athletes take no for an answer, but I think the way Jose Fernandez kind of described the water as his, like, his saving grace, he felt the most free on there. Yeah. And it's just really sad what happened. It was very sad. Uh, and, you know, that team, they, they didn't make the playoffs this year. The Mets, they lost that game that night, and the people are going to say, well, you know, the Mets blew their chance of making the postseason because of that one game, but... To be honest, I didn't even care. I think everyone was rooting for the Marlins that day. You know, everyone wore a Jose Fernandez jersey. Yeah. They were moving. I think you could really, because we were speaking about how we could remember him, I think we were really, you could really understand his impact by if you go around baseball and you go into the broadcast booth, the Mets broadcast booth fell apart when they they were describing him. Yeah, Yeah, so I think everyone had universal love for Jose Fernandez, and he'll be greatly missed. I know. I'll be very sad. And hopefully, Mariners move on. You know, as every other team will move on, but we remember as a guy who was passionate about baseball that probably could have changed the game of where it is from the old school to the new school and everything. You could have bridged the gap, yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is Raymond from Slam City and Jeremy as theme. As you know, that Unqua has left us for good, apparently, because he has done better things than what we could have done. But we have here our special guest here, uh, Super Cali. Also, his name is Aaron. And he is a rapper. Featured in XXL mag- X- Double XL Magazine. Yep, exactly. Right. Opened up for Rick Ross. This is a big deal. We replaced Qua with a much better person. Exactly. I feel like we should just be our, co- our next co-host now. Just well, let's test him out before we like, <laughs> promote him already. All right, so tell us about yourself, man. What's going on, man? I'm Super Cali. I'm from Atlanta. As you said, my real name is Aaron. That's the first, first yeah, time I ever got my government name called out. Well, this, we do it differently on the show. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we do it very differently. Like, like the real names out there first before we get the artist name. Shout out to all the real names out there. So could you tell us how you got involved in the rap industry and what really pushed you to get into music? What really pushed me to get into music? Kanye, um, it was like, I wasn't living in Atlanta at the time, and he had a concert for like $2 in the park in Piedmont Park and I got to see Kanye live. That was like my first ever concert. This was back when like Jesus walked on when he was like O D fire. Like okay. so we go home and and start downloading recording stuff and I start recording in a computer mic usually use on AOL. Started from there and just So way back. Like O four ish like Yeah, O nice. four. So you've been in the game for a while. Yeah, I wouldn't say in the game. A lot of it was just like a hobby at the time, you know. When I turned like 19, 20, that's when I started taking it serious. What well, was there something specific that made you take it more serious, or? Um, just my peer, they, they was they was pushing me to like make music. Every time, every time I make a song, I call my right hand man, be like, "Yo, yo, you gotta hear this. I'm about to spit this first for you." Like, then we started pulling up to like little functions, like little after school party. They were played the music. So it's a, you opened up for Rick Ross. What was that experience like? Fire. <laughs> it was in um D.C. Um. That was like my first time performing in front of like seven thousand. Were you nervous before that, or like how did that come about? How did you guys connect and things like that? Uh, I had I had some people that were a uh, part of the promotion team that that put the show together the first date on this tour and whatnot. So they they threw me the alley oop on that, but hell yeah, I was nervous. <laughs> I kind of got in a fight with my whole team before the show. 
I, I just go into my zone like Kobe. I don't like to talk. <laughs> Can you describe yourself like in terms of music when you you know making it exactly? Do you have like a certain routine or a rhythm that you have that makes sure you you have the things on point in terms of singing it the right way and all that? Um, when I first started out, it was just like I played a beat, right, 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 right. Like I was so fond of writing, and then as I got further into it, I noticed that when I think think as much and write it down I don't really get out what I want to say so I stopped writing writing it or whatnot yeah so really it's, it's more it's, it feels more creative the process is more creative when you don't write it so you play uh, also in private school you play basketball right what was that like yeah I played for a semester I played football there too I was the uh, starring quarterback starring point guard I ended up getting kicked out after the first semester but it was dope. I, I felt like the big man on campus there, you know, all the girls and stuff like that. You know. Is there a parallel from like preparing, like being an athlete and being a rapper? Because you always hear that you know all athletes want to be rappers, all rappers want to be athletes. Is there kind of a similarity in terms of a process there? I think it's a, a big similarity, just because if you even if you take it back to middle school, high school, and things like that, you got the athletes. They're the most like popular, you know, cool people, tastemakers around the school sort of like the same thing when you transfer into the the adult life it's like the entertainers they kind of shape the culture and how we dress how we talk things like that so i think it's kind of like a similarity to it so you're originally from atlanta like we mentioned what brought you kind of gave you the opportunity to tour across the u.s can perform multi-city shows how could you describe that for us just networking going hard just believing in myself um like, I got I got homies that's like in different states too. Like I'm I'm. So I've you have like a wide network of people yeah, that you know yeah, that like know who you are and kind of spread the since word. Since MySpace, I've been like. Since MySpace. Yeah, yeah. hell since yeah. MySpace. Dating himself I've here. My, I've been getting my network on since yeah. MySpace. Just now I'm starting to see it pay off, like in different places like that. But your network is your net worth. So how has social media kind of helped you out? You know, what's your Instagram, Twitter, and things like that? Do you, like, promote when you're going to release a song and things like that? What are the responses you get from there? Hell, yeah. That, it's like they're right there with me. Social media, you can get right to them. You don't have to wait for anything. If I want to put a video out right now as we speak, I can do it. Or a song right now, I can do it. And they're right there. They're strolling out of timeline every day. They're seeing it. So it's the easiest way to get out to them. Faster so than I can walk up to you and speak to you. So where would you say you are in your career right now, and where are you trying to go? Um, with my with my goals, I'm still in the beginning stages, like all the way in the beginning stages, because I, I plan to be around for a minute. You know, so we're just getting started, putting out new fresh music, going to the studio, working, coming up with new ideas every day. So how would you kind of like describe your evolution so far? You said you're in the beginning stage. You really got. Your influence from Kanye West you were talking about earlier when he was in the concert. So where would you say you kind of are music-wise, and who else are kind of your influences other than Kanye? Um, right now, um, I'm at the most mature stage. Um, at first, it was just like, like I say, it was fun. It was a hobby thing, and now, like, I'm trying to turn it into a career, and I'm, I'm figuring out different ways to, like, get to the people. And now I'm just focusing on making the best songs I can make. When I say songs and records, I mean like they actually have content to them and like people can relate to them. Like bringing a message across? Yeah, I got I got songs for like single moms and things like that. Like um, 
I really talk for the dreamers a lot because like every day I feel like I'm I'm chasing my dream. Every day I wake up I'm chasing my dream. But it's it's just like stories. They all got content and meaning to them, and that's all I want to focus on. Making sure that what I make each song is gonna touch somebody in a different way. Do you describe the song "See What I See"? When you did that whole song, what was that more about? Um, it was about this summer. I was just I find myself by myself a lot, yeah. you know. And when I check my phone or I go online to go listen to something new, I couldn't find anything for what I was feeling at the time. You know, like man, I feel like a loner right now. Some, emo like what can I listen to in, in hip hop right now to get me get me up and I just started listening to a lot of old school records and that was one that just stuck to me and I wanted to paint my picture into that it was a lot going on in my community back home like you know so I wanted to reach out and, and be able to make a song that can touch them and me also and people that's like me going through what I was going through at the time well, during the song, you were also shooting some hoops there. I mean, we practiced. Wait, we did that shot. Was that first take or did that took a while if we get the shot on? Just say it was the first take. Yeah, Don't say, embarrass just, yourself. Just, just, just say it. Just say it. It was about the third, third shot. Okay. You know. Well, at least he's first honest. Yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of people. Right, I beat you at horse here five times. So. Why, why you got to bring that up? Well, because it has to be known. He doesn't know about well, it. He doesn't have to know about that. Yeah, he does. I ain't going to lie. The reason why it was the third shot, because it was Rucker Park. And growing up, I used to always play like the and one video game. Rucker Park was like big to me. That's, That's like Madison Square Garden, you know what yeah. I'm saying, on the outside. So it was like, damn, I'm out here. I'm about to shoot. And I missed my first two shots. Oh, well, yeah, because he's a little starstruck. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Do you see a lot of top ballers in Rucker Park? You see them like dunking and making their jump shots, like look <laughs> like it's nothing, basically. Exactly, man. I'm like, so talking about basketball, you're from Atlanta, but for some reason you're a Lakers fan. Can you talk <laughs> about how you kind of got involved with the Lakers? You're talking, so you're like oh four ish. They were pretty good back then. Yeah, shout out to Kobe. Yeah, I mean the goat. He, the goat. I don't know about that, but so how could you describe that evolution? Because back then the Hawks weren't good at all. So is it were you just like you saw them? You saw the way Kobe played, kind of embodied the hip hop era, the culture like that, and just felt and like enjoyed him. I mean, this might sound crazy, man, but I always go for the underdogs, right? Okay. And at this time, Kobe was, like, the underdog. So it's after, like, Shaq left. It was after Shaq after left. Shaq it was after the little case went on and everything. And everybody was like, I hate Kobe. I hate Kobe. And he just came back like a monster, bro. Like 81. Sh- crazy. Would you write a song? Like, when you see a guy like Kobe Bryant, do you get, like, influence from that? Especially when he puts 81, you're like, okay, I just got to go to the studio. I got to get something down right now. Because you see, like, when someone else reaches their pinnacle, sometimes it motivates you. Do you hell have that yeah, experience? Hell yeah, Um Curry and Cam Newton, I feel like, had their best seasons last year or whatnot. And just watching what they were doing inspired me to go in and make a song called Cam Newton and for Chef Curry or whatnot. And it was... Speaking of uh, Kobe, you know, I think probably his best year we can all say was probably the old six year when he was just and he had the eighty one point game too. But that was probably when he was. What about when he won the MVP? Well, he won the MVP. I mean, they were a great team, but I'm just saying when he was at his best. I mean, you can make an argument he was old six probably. Like well, he was like thirty five that 35, year. Thirty five, five and five. So it was I just like, like I like like um, two thousand ten Kobe, oh nine Kobe when when like. Him and Paul Gasol got together, and like it was just like proving, proving to the world, yeah, I can, I can get back here to the greatest point and win it. And also when they beat the Celtics too, that's probably when you know, you know Kobe was saying? a true Laker when because you know the Lakers and Celtics had their rivalries. Well, so. they lost. That was my them. favorite win. That was a great game seven. Yeah. yeah. Where'd you watch that? At the crib. At the crib.
crib, the best place, so that when I celebrate, I won't get no trouble. <laughs> so it's almost like you won the championship. Hell yeah, we won that. Shout so, out to Kobe. So how are you dealing with their recent downturn? <laughs> man, I'm I'm optimistic, bro. Like really? We, we, yeah, we I'm just got Ingram, man. I'm a big Duke fan too. Yeah. Oh. We got Ingram, man. Um, if we can keep keep um. Randall healthy this year, man. We got a young squad, but you guys gave Timothy Mozgov sixty four million dollars. <laughs> I, I didn't agree with that. Yeah. Know, I got called. Got to call oh some my of my God. people over there with the organization. <laughs> like if Timothy Mozgov's getting sixty four, there's no reason they couldn't throw us too. You're three. expecting him to average at least double double, but probably like two thirty and ten if you're gonna give him that type of. Contract. You say thirty and ten? If you give him that type of contract, what are you watching? I know, but I'm saying if you give him that type of contract, I mean he's gonna average like thirty and ten at no, least. No, he's not. I mean, if he doesn't, he's pretty much he's being overpaid, which we all agree he is being overpaid. But they had no choice because Lakers, no one wanted to join the Lakers. Festus Azili, I think, signed for one year and eight million dollars. Yeah, they couldn't do that though. Like I the mean, Lakers could do that. Who would want to come play for us after the greatest just retired? Well, it's like going to the Bulls after Jordan just left. Well, that's the thing. Like, being a Kobe fan, when you hear through all those years of recruiting free agents where people are saying, you know, I don't people don't want to play with Kobe. He's too hard-headed. The whole Dwight Howard scenario. What do you think of that? Man, to be honest, I think Dwight Dwight Howard pretty soft, bro. Like Kobe, Kobe's gonna push you. Kobe's gonna push you, and if you ain't got it in your heart to take it, then nah, you're not gonna like playing with him. So yeah. to parallel that into the music, do you have someone who could who pushes you, or someone like you could talk to and give you the honest answers? Um, yeah, yeah, all the time, all the time. I talk to my publicist Maria. Shout out to Maria. Uh, <laughs> I talk to my pops, man. My pops, he keep it all the way hundred with me. That's about it. I keep my support system very, very small. Just to keep the circle close. Yeah. Spe- speaking of the Lakers, though, you know, this year they're probably not going to be great. They're going to be terrible. They're going to be at least a 21 team, maybe 25. They won't be as bad as the Brooklyn Nets, but I they'll still, be yeah, close. Yeah, they'll be as bad as Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I'll give you that. I still owe some money off uh, last season. I bet that the Lakers were going to get the eighth spot. On the no, you didn't. No, yeah, no, I did. You I did. did, man. With that roster? Hey man, it was Kobe last year. I thought he was gonna pull some space jets. <laughs> no man, he was he was already at, he was already getting old, and the injuries just got up to him, and he just said, you know, I'm tired of this. I'm gonna retire and get his tour on, and you know, that's about it. And the Lakers get right his now what? Oh, the retirement tour. The retirement tour, yeah. When he went to, I actually went to the game. He played in Miami. He didn't play, but they gave him a rousing ovation. I mean, everybody gave him a rousing ovation. Every team. That whole season game allows a rotation. So, I'm what do you kind of think of the Kobe arc going from where he was coming in, kind of you know people loved him, mm. to the perception that he kicked Shaq out, and you were talking <laughs> about earlier the case right. where he's kind of the villain, and then he kind of ended the season last year being like a really beloved player. So, yeah, what would you, how would you kind of describe that arc, and what do you think of that? Um, they hate you, then they love you, then they hate you again, and then the love come back when you gone. Like it's just like people say they get they don't give you the flowers when you can smell them, you know you don't know what you have till it's gone, and now they like one of the most entertaining players of my generation, you know it's gone, so now we got people like LeBron James, you know. Yeah, their era's kind of next. If you look at the guys who have retired, you looked at Kevin Garnett retired last Friday, Tim Duncan. I think you have Dirk and Vince Carter and mm-hmm. Paul Pierce who announced retirement. After them, it's kind of the LeBron era. They're the next. Vince Carter go. left too. No, he's going to retire. He's still active. Dirk's still active, but there's only a couple people left who actually played in the 90s. Hell, yeah. Those are the best times, man. Well, I think those are the best times, but right now it's just like a soft league now. Man, it's so, like, soft now, right? Yeah. Like, back then you can get 
hitting the nose and keep going, like bleeding. Kurt Rambis got clothesline. <laughs> Well, he deserves to get. Well, now that he's a Knicks coach, watching him, he deserves I, to get clotheslined a few times. That she's just can't coach. But so you're saying now is I it? I think the times. I think the times with the with like replaying and like yeah, the, the slow place of the like yeah, like they can go back and break down certain things and pick out certain things that they weren't picking up back then. Could you parallel it to hip hop, where you look at the early '90s and the kind of music that's coming out then, and then the music that's coming out now? Yeah, there was more of a um a art form to it back then. Now I think it's just like the uh, the newer generation, they just having fun with it and that's just their their, their generation. Like every generation is going to have something different, you know. As an artist, do you find it difficult to like you want to write things like you were saying earlier that have meaning, but things that are selling are kind of like just happy go lucky, whatever the people want. Do you find kind of difficult to reach that gap or you know don't want to sell out and just don't want to do your vision i think it's um i think it's you just have to find your niche or whatnot because i find myself being able to make fun songs too you know like it's all in the production really to be honest with you interesting so you know going from also we're talking about kg and uh kobe and now uh, tim duncan you look at that Hall of Fame class of 20, 2021, you think it's probably the best class like we ever seen of these three players so far? Hell yeah, next to the um, one that we just did with Iverson. Yao, Shaq, Iverson. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting class. How the hell did Yao mean get in there, though? Like, <laughs> Well, he I think they brought him in as a contributor, but if Yao doesn't get hurt, he's a great player. You If you look at the way Yao changed the game, the, when everyone says there's no more big men in the NBA, it's because Yao Ming got hurt. <laughs> yeah, Yao he was the biggest man. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> at seven, at seven six, the way he was able to play, the touch he had around the basket, Yao was a great player. It's a shame his career got cut short by his foot. But you look at guys, the centers now, they just shoot threes. There's no real post up. So I think a lot of that is because they look at it, and when you're like six three and fifth and sixth and seventh grade, they don't put you on the block. They put you on the they put you on the perimeter because of the three-pointers that are kind of taking over the game. But I think, yeah, it would have been in as a player. It's good to see him get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But in a couple – it's kind of interesting, though. You look at, you know, one NBA season, you lost three all-time greats. I don't think you see that often. Yeah, that's just that's very rare. But, you know, the next generation, they're going to be great, and we're going to see what happens, you know, who's going to be in the next Hall of Fame. Well, I don't think you're going to see people with that competitive fire. Look, look who well, retired. I Kobe. I don't see it. Kobe, KG are two of the most competitive people to ever step on an NBA court. And now it's just you know it's, it's team up now. It's fantasy league. Yeah, you know, this it's is a super team. Super no, it's team. a great way to it, it's it's you're playing a fantasy team. Look at the Warriors. They just pluck they just pluck a guy from another team. They put him in their lineup, and they expect to win seventy three. Probably at least a championship. Might win seventy three games again. No, I think I think for them though, they're probably just gonna focus on rest and preparation to get in the playoffs and be the first seed in the Western Conference. I don't think they care about the record anymore because they did it last year and just like. You know, they learned their lesson, basically. They don't want to go for a record. They just want to win. The well, they just won the championship because yeah. they kind of collapsed. Yeah, they kind of collapsed. And, you know, the blew three a 3-1 lead. First team in history blow a 3-1 lead. So in the speak, finals. Yeah, so speaking of it, um, wh- what's your prediction? I know it's early right now. NBC season, like, you know, camps already on the way. But what's your prediction <laughs> on who's going to be in the in the finals this year? Man. Don't say the Lakers. I know you're, lo- you're a Lakers <laughs> fan. Don't <laughs> say the Lakers. I'll be like the biggest <laughs> The sparks by the bench. No, but, um, <laughs> you could hold your hat on the sparks. Yeah, you guys don't like sparks. Sparks would be good. We'll help you. That'll, if that gets you through the night. Or, um, 
I think we I think we may have a rematch if if both teams can stay healthy. Uh, if I had to pick a team, two teams from the jump, I would say Golden State and Cleveland. I think it's a prevailing that's pick. Whack, though. I don't even want to pick. That them, would be though, three man. years in a row too. Yeah, it'll be like yeah, some kind whack. of Magic and Bird. Type I don't want to say the Spurs either because they in there every year. I'm definitely not about to say the Celtics. They're way out there. No, the East is yeah, garbage. Yeah, the East, the Cleveland, sucks. you could book them into the finals. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, like, nah, you nah, know, nah. Kevin Love falls apart, Kyrie Irving breaks his knee. Nah, you I could c- book them in the finals. Nah, I could say as a Knicks fan, like, if they re- reach their potential, I believe they have a chance. If but D Rose don't get hurt exactly. in the preseason. If D Rose don't get yeah, hurt. No, Derrick Rose is gonna get hurt instantly. <laughs> Last year, the first day of camp, he took an elbow to the face. Like we broke his eye and he was playing with double vision listen, for the first listen, two months. Listen, listen, I done, already had a nosebleed at the um, media day. Listen, <laughs> oh, he, he's done he's done a lot of yoga and he's taking Yeah, because yoga's gonna help him when he gets elbowed in the face. Well, what are you talking it's about? He needs to drink more injuries. milk. Yeah, t- he needs to drink more milk, strengthen his bones. In terms of his legs though, like he won't get that as many injuries. I, in fact, this might be maybe his best year because you know people yeah, he won an MVP, <laughs> averaged twenty five a game. This is not gonna be his best year. He got a good backup with uh Brandon Jennings. He gets hurt too though, he's coming off an Achilles. Damn. But that's it. They don't have anybody. They just have a bunch of Centers, um, small forwards, and point and like two point guards. I still think the Porzingis is the key to everything because if he can be what we thought he can be, then they have a chance to be something special. Are we gonna see NBA Mellow or um, I, the Olympic Mellow? Mellow. Well, every well, no. Every time, if you look at the past two Olympics in 08, he came, he comes out, he leads Denver to the Western Conference Finals in 2012, 2013, he leads the Knicks to 54 wins that magical season. Yeah, and then everything fell apart. But after after the Olympics, he always comes back strong. So it's going to be interesting to see. But we're definitely going to be better than the Lakers. So I feel bad for you on that one. I don't know, man. <laughs> no, I do know. It's not going to be close. The Knicks. The Knicks. We'll see. I'm have to come back around once the season get on their way. About the mid season. Yeah. See how we looking. It's not going to be good. You know, be like nine and thirty. D'Angelo yeah. Russell will probably snitch on somebody else. Get it'll be World before. War Three. It'll be World War Three in Lakerland. Be like, why did we hire Luke Walton? Shout out to Luke Walton. He's going to be over. I think Daniel is going to be traded. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. Did you really play with Luke Walton in 2K? Because Luke Walton. No one plays with him in 2K. I did. Him, him, him. Um, No one played. Luke, Sasha, v- what, what was Sasha Vujicic? Yeah, he's a Nick right now, by the way. He's a Nick right now. Yeah, though. that's why he's garbage now. Um, he, he was never, always garbage. He'll never get a ring again. Um, <laughs> Lamar Odom. Man, that team was crazy on 2K, team. man. That was 2K9 or 2K10 that he was good. They were um, crazy. They were the best team in that game. But, you know, speaking of most of these conference, you look at the Celtics, and I'm going to just say this. I don't think they're going to go as far this year. The Celtics. Yeah, they are. They, get right. a, they got to the sec. They got to the um, – they lost in the first round last year. Yeah, but I think – They got think, Al Horford. They're going to get to the second round this I, year. I don't think it's going to make a difference. It make maybe a little difference, but I don't think it's going to push them over the hump of, let's say, being the Cavaliers or even the Raptors. Well, no, but not maybe the Raptors. I, I, the way Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan played at the end of the postseason yeah, yeah. last year. Coach Drake on the side. Yeah, Coach, Coach Drake. Drake. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I just see them Celtics being a fourth seed, third seed. That's better than they were last year. They're in the third seed last year, weren't they? They're like the top four, so I think they could get the three or four, maybe two at the best. Oh, they were six because they they dropped like, yeah, the they, last like. I th- I don't think they had home court, court when no, they played. Y'all talking Atlanta. Spanish right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm lost. All I know is that the Lakers are going to be terrible. Yeah, Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, they're gonna be I know you're a guest, but I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, they're gonna be Shout terrible. out to the Lakers. <laughs> they're gonna be terrible. <laughs> they need all the help they can get. Yeah, like who's actually got to go to a Laker game this year? 
because last year Kobe w- uh, was there. That's the reason why a lot of people went. Now it's like we gotta see. It's gonna be a star for the Lakers. Timothy Mosdorf. Jack Nick. Jack Nick. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. So we were talking about how you opened for Rick Ross earlier. How do you think his Miami Heat are gonna do? Because they lost Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh is out with blood clots. <laughs> Did they get White signed back? Yeah, yeah, they signed him back, but yeah. that's it. But he's not a franchise player. Um, man, they probably get like a with the East. You know how the East. Is. They probably get like a six seed. I don't know. He's got more competitive though. Yeah. I think they're gonna be maybe out of the playoffs this year. You think so? Yeah, because I think if you got look at the Bulls, they got better, even though. The, Shooting-wise, they're not going to be a great shooting team at all, but defensively, they're going to be good. And then you also have the Hornets. They're still going to be good. Uh, you know, of course, the Knicks. Indiana's going to be yeah, good. Indiana's going to be good. I don't think the Knicks are going to make the playoffs. I think we can swap the Knicks out for the Heat. I don't know about that. No, I don't know about it's that. a curse on y'all right Knicks, now, man. Knicks, I don't think y'all curse on you, you right about? now. Lakers what are you talking about? Shout out Lil B, man. Little it's a B, curse on y'all right Little now. Little B loves the curse. Little B lift the curse off us. That means we're going to be good this year. We'll see. I mean, if you lift the curse off of Kevin Durant, it's, it's like a, a, a must that the Warriors are going to go back to the they final. Gotta, they got it now. If, if they don't, like, my It's my a complete whole, like, disaster. If they don't get yeah, back to the they finals, have the most it's pressure a complete right now. disaster. LeBron has no pressure because he already won a title with Kaleem. He could just be free and do whatever he wants now. And the Warriors Except have the most take that pressure. headband off. Oh, he took it off, right? Yeah, yeah no, he, he took, took the headband off. Now he's he, trying to he, be like Jordan now. He's yeah, he has, off he's fixed his hairline to an extent. Like, he's fixed it to an extent. He's not completely balding anymore. Relatively bald you just need though. Just shave it off, man. Yeah, just come home. Yeah, just man. embrace it. I mean, I don't want to go bald either, so I kind of understand where he's going. Yeah, but, but just he could it. make being bald be cool. Like Michael again. did. Yeah, yeah, Michael. Like Michael made it cool. It'd be cool again. Now he's trying to chase. If Michael, Kanye though. got a bald head right now, start rocking the bald head. Straight up. Everybody's trying to be like uh, LeBron, though, because now LeBron's trying to be like Michael and try to get uh, to six rings. No, he's not. He he's won one. He's cool. never getting no, to six rings. No, he's not getting to six. If Kobe didn't get six rings, LeBron not. And I, I don't want to go into the debate about LeBron <laughs> and Kobe either because, you know. He's a Kobe guy. Two different yeah, players. Yeah, Kobe two different guy. players, too. One player exactly. is a passer. It's like Nas and Jay-Z. Yeah, I mean, one player is a passer, one player is a scorer. So, they're completely different players. But, Hold like, on. You say one's a basketball player and one's a scorer? No, no Kobe no, Bryant no. could. No, I'm saying Kobe's an assassin. LeBron's like a magic. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Kobe's going to take the last shot. LeBron is not. LeBron's going to make the pass. He's going to make the pass. pass for the person to make the last shot. Yeah. And then if he misses a shot, it's on him. I mean, on the guy who missed the shot more than LeBron because LeBron's like, I don't want any part of that. Could you so. could you parallel that to music? Like a guy, like a LeBron, like wh- wh- who would you say you were kind of more like? In the game right yeah. now? Yeah. Like, would you say you're kind of a facilitator or, like, an assassin? I'd be, like, uh, a Damian Lillard. You know, um, I'm a facilitator and a and a Multi-talented. Yeah, you know, like, he can pass and shoot, but he's, he's, he's under the radar right now. Yeah. You know, but eventually they're going <laughs> to see that he's elite, just like a Chris Paul. You know what I'm saying? It took, yeah. it took, it took a little minute for Chris Paul to even get the, the, the shine, the yeah, shine that shine. he deserved. Yeah. Super Cali here. You guys remember when the league blocked Chris Paul from coming yeah. to the Lakers? Yeah, right? yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Yeah, that yeah. made no and sense. Then, at all. then every other team makes Then a you super guys team fell apart. Yeah, I know. That made no well, sense. Well, you know, they traded for Steve Nash and got Dwight. And Damian Lillard broke Steve Nash's leg in the first game of the season. The Knicks wanted to get Steve Nash. Yeah, they were going to get him. We got Jason Kidd instead. Yeah, so that was a blessing for us. For one year at least. It was one magical year. Super Cali here on Slam City on Dunk360.com. Where can we follow you on Twitter, Instagram? You can follow me on Twitter at I am Super Cali. 
on IG at SuperCali. You can also hit up my website, IamSuperCali.com, for all updates. That's right. You better follow him. SuperCali, thanks for joining us here today. Yeah, thanks Appreciate for you guys for having And we have Christian Dyer from Metro here to talk to us about the Giants and Jets. Christian, how are you doing today? I'm great, guys. How are you? Good. So, to jump right in with the Giants, they had a tough loss last week. What would you assess them so far through three weeks of the season? Well, I would assess them as a team with a surprisingly better defense than we thought, uh, injuries and everything else considered, uh, and with an offensive line that's probably the worst in the NFL, and that's holding them back from being a 3-0 and team and a real divisional contender. So uh, the Giants probably are a better team than last year. I think when healthy, their defense is middle of the pack, which considered, uh, you know, and we spoke a couple months ago, the Giants were the worst, the league's worst defense last year, the league's worst passing defense, and they've certainly improved in that regard. But uh, it's an offensive line that's given up a lot of big hits, and this weekend they, they face an awfully tough game. Uh, I, I certainly think that Eli Manning is going to get hit, and uh, we may see them having to make some changes along that offensive line. Uh, you know, speaking of the Giants, though, in that division, you see the Eagles now three and zero. Is that probably the surprising team in all of NFL right now? Yeah, a surprising team and probably the most surprising quarterback. The way Carson Wentz has played, his mobility, yeah. that he's shown the ability to read defenses. And with all due respect to Bart Scott saying it's fool's gold, right now when you've got an NFL rookie playing the way that Carson Wentz has, uh, certainly you've got to look at this guy and, and say that he's got some potential. And the Eagles uh, perhaps got a steal. And, and no one thought this right in April when they made the trade, but they got a steal in moving up to the – number two overall pick. So uh, I think the way that he's playing right now, it's going to be hard to sustain. But you're seeing the bits and pieces here that, that have you think that finally, uh, with Chip Kelly no longer there, perhaps Philadelphia's pointed in the right direction. So how do you kind of evaluate that division? You see Philadelphia, which might be a little fool's goal with Carson Wentz. The Giants, with their defense and their offensive line, might be inconsistent. You have the Cowboys, who have a ton of injury woes, and then the Redskins. So would you put the Giants at the upper echelon of that division, middle of the pack, or where would you put them? Yeah, I, I think you put the New York Jets as the top team in the division if they were playing in the NFC East. I mean, this is uh, an, a division right now that really is anyone's for the taking. I, I don't know if anyone saw, myself included, Dax Prescott playing the way that he has yeah. through the first three games of the season. I mean, the guy's been polished. Uh, I've heard comparisons to Ben Roethlisberger from people I speak with around the NFL, not necessarily in terms of his body and his physique necessarily. Uh, you know, Big Ben is so unique in that regard. But in terms of the way he plays and the way he's willing to hang in the pocket and seems to almost love and crave taking those hits. So, uh, you know, it's right now it's a division that anyone bears for taking. I don't know if there's a clear-cut frontrunner, but I think you would have to say, uh, push comes to shove, it's Washington right now, if only because they won the division last year. And they do have a defense that when on, when healthy, uh, is, is the closest thing to being an elite defense in that division. And to me, come November, December, in the NFC East, given the weather, given the climate, uh, an elite defense can be the tipping point. Speaking of Dan Prescott, I mean, I, when I see him play, I think he, he reminds me of Russell Wilson his first year, you know, just being calm and poised in the pocket. Do you see some similarities in that in their first years between these quarterbacks? Yeah, Russell Wilson, his rookie year, was not the playmaker that we saw him turn out to be uh, kind of later on in his career and where he's at when he's healthy and able to play. Uh, Russell Wilson took a lot of what the defense was giving to him underneath stuff, yeah. using the running backs an, an awful lot. 
And uh, it was really predicated on the solid defense, which I'm not sure Philadelphia is uh, certainly at that level yet uh, to be considered anything close to being what Seattle's defense has been the past few years. But, yeah, I don't think the similarities in terms of playing style are too far off. I think Russell Wilson has some more mobility, certainly. But in terms of the passing game, guys, you, you look at what Dax Prescott's been able to do, limiting turnovers, playing, you know, and holding onto the ball, throwing it away when necessary, but taking what the defense gives him. It's been impressive now through three games. So the, for the last Giants question before we move on to the Jets really quickly, what do you make of El- Odell Beckham so far and his relationship with head coach Ben McAdoo kind of said his antics were a little bit of a distraction? And I guess it's kind of a two-part question. How would you evaluate McAdoo through the first three weeks of the season? Yeah, well, first, just touching on Beckham. I mean, listen, if this wasn't the New York media market, I'm not sure anyone would care about Odell yeah. Beckham. And, and and if he doesn't throw this tantrum, and he threw a tantrum. Let's call it what it is. He yeah. threw a tantrum. I mean, it was a Jeremy Epstein-esque tantrum, just kind of whining and crying on, <laughs> I appreciate on the sidelines. That. But, you know, no problem. Respect. Respect. Uh, but, you know, respect. Uh, you know, Mr. Hofstra over here, Mr. Debate Obama, um, single-handedly got the president reelected. We get it. It's a great article you wrote about me too well it was an okay article the subject matter wasn't that great but it was well written uh but anyway back to back to odell beckham you know here is here's a guy who if he doesn't respond that way we're all wondering you know does he care is he all about himself the fact that he throws the helmet down i know it was kind of foolish with the kicking net the way it played out uh but if he doesn't respond that way we're going to say he's me first he's selfish this, that, and everything else. I like the fact that he responded that way. And I agree with Brandon Marshall and Michael Irvin, who said that, that they'd like to see the fire from uh, Odell Beckham in that regard. And as far as Ben McAdoo's going, I think, you know, he's a, he's a first-year head coach. I think he's handled the situation with Odell pretty well. I think he's trying too hard to be a Tom Coughlin disciple, not getting a whole lot in the media, not showing a whole lot of personality, not deviating a whole lot from Coughlin in, in many regards. I think uh, McAdoo needs to show his personality, needs to show his team uh, who he is. He's not just an extension of Coughlin. Uh, with all that being said, I think the game management's been good, which is always a real question mark with first-year head coaches. I think his temperament, his level-headedness has been very solid. So I think the initial returns are, on McAdoo are that he is good, he is solid, but I can't help but think that with the roster given to him, in particular that offensive line, he's going to have a brand-new general manager next year, and that's going to be a real challenge. So with the Jets, through three games, I don't think you could really say they've played well in any of them. They lost the Cincinnati game. They gave up 31 points to a Buffalo team who then fired their offensive coordinator. And last week, uh, Boomer Esiason called Ryan Fitzpatrick's performance the worst he's seen in 20 years with six interceptions. Where would you put the Jets so far, and have they underachieved? Yeah, I mean, this season will be completely different if the Jets end up holding on to that week one lead and beat the Cincinnati Bengals. I think there will be the sense that there's a lot more momentum in terms of where they were. They're, you know, they're 1-0 in the division. Uh, I think that they've got the chance to rattle off some wins. They always play New England very tough at home, with the exception of that butt fumble game. They always seem to be able to pull out a little bit of a win. Uh, so with all that being said, I don't think the Jets are as bad as people think they are or say they are. Do I think they're a playoff team? Given the schedule that they have, I really don't think so. But again, if you put this team in the NFC East, 
you know, this might be three and this might be a three and O team. This might be a team that wins a division. Uh, so they're definitely not helped by the fact that they've got uh, the perennial powers of the AFC in their division, and certainly not helped by the fact by a, a schedule that's as tough as can be. Now, I think they have a chance this weekend to pull off a, a win and, and surprise some people. Well, you know, looking at the matchup to you know this weekend, the Royal Rivers says it's a must-win for them. Do you consider it to be a must-win, considering what they're going to face in the next couple of weeks for Arizona and the Steelers? Yeah, one and three would be really tough for them. And let's be honest with you, you know, when we looked at this game, probably when it, when the schedule came out, we're looking at it in in the summer. We're saying, okay, Seattle's going to be a loss, but Russell Wilson comes limping in. Literally, they have a bunch of injuries elsewhere on both sides of the ball. Ryan Fitzpatrick always manages to come out and play well the game after a disappointing loss. And, and there's no other way to put it. Kansas City was all on Ryan Fitzpatrick's shoulder. So I think with the, with all this scrutiny, he's going to come out level-headed. And I think this is a game where the Jets end up leveling the score. But, yeah, it is must-win. One in three in this division, uh, it would give a lot of other teams a lifeline. I think that they have to come out and win this game. If they don't, it's, it's very difficult to see them being a playoff team. Christian Dyer covers the Giants for Metro. Christian, thanks for joining us and giving us a couple minutes. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. Well, yeah, a few minutes here, you know, talk about NFL week Wrapping four. up the show, yeah, talking about up. NFL week four. Yeah, pretty much. So what, do you look, what matchups are you looking forward to? Well, besides the Jets and Seahawks, and that's a must-win situation. I'm As Christian to, said, yeah. it is a must-win for the Jets. Yeah. I'm curious to see the Chiefs and Steelers because, you know, one team beat the crap out of the Jets yes. and the one team lost miserably against the Eagles the Steelers got blown out yeah they got blown out they, you thought this was the battle of, of Pennsylvania and you think that Pittsburgh is going to really stop their throat on the Eagles and the exact opposite happened yeah I didn't see that coming no, no one no one saw, no one saw Carson, Carson Wentz, Wentz going just, off like yeah, that like he's just reading defenses and like this is a division 3 quarterback and then you try to you try to question yourself, you know, maybe we should start looking at these Division three quarterbacks and if they're really into the NFL level. Well, the Cleveland Browns, they fired – there was a story they fired all their scouts who like Carson Wentz. Yeah, that, that looks so bad. That, so now yeah. you know why Cleveland is the pillar of quarterback stability over there. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to a couple games. I would say the Giants-Vikings. Yeah, Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. But on the low key, I'm kind of looking forward to the Bills-Patriots game. See if the Patriots could pull it off. Who's starting at quarterback? See if they could pull it off. I don't know. <laughs> Joe, Co- maybe Brissett's starting or Garoppolo might be back. I don't know. But I, I if they, I want to see if New England can pull off the 4-0 start. If they pull us off, they might just go 16-0. Or, like, you know, Rex Ryan just, you know, going to send everybody out. Because Rex and Bill Belichick were way back since Rex was with the Jets. Yeah. They always – Rex always does most of the talking. Rex hasn't beaten Bill Belichick in a very long time, but – the Patriots and teams always struggle. The Patriots, and when they play Rex Ryan, Rex always has them, his team, ready to play. Well, also, I'd be curious to see if Belichick just starts Julian Edelman. Yeah, he just says, screw like, it. You know Let's win Edelman. with a wide receiver at quarterback. We'll score like 30 points, though. Yeah, they probably <laughs> will because it's unbelievable. Rex Ryan would be going, going crazy if Edelman beats him. It would be like, oh, my God. I think Rex, press conference if Rex didn't win last week and they started 0-4 and yeah. they got blown out, I think maybe this would be Rex's last game. But since they won against the Cardinals and that was well, like – I don't think the Cardinals are that good. Yeah, I think the Cardinals What are they, 1-2 right, right now? Yeah, they're not that good. And now the Panthers, they're one and two. One or two. Like I was, you guys were always making fun of me when we first started the podcast, and I kept saying I wasn't a big fan of the Panthers and I wasn't a big fan of Arizona. I think a lot of their success happened to do with an easy schedule and the teams they were playing against. 
And so through three weeks of the season, I don't think the Panthers and Cardinals are as bad as they show them, but they're certainly not where they were last year. The Panthers going 15-1, and making the Super Bowl. Can we say, though, the uh, NFC, that maybe it's just a one-team race, really? I mean, the Packers aren't that good either. Who would you who would you say the team is? I, I'm going with Seattle still. Even though, they Even though they're struggling to put up points? I, they, I, if, I think if, they, they get it together. They're going to be. Yeah, course, I've, so, I, yeah, I've been saying it all, all along. I'm a huge Seattle fan. They come together at the end of the year. It's going to be interesting to see. They kind of dismantled their offensive line, which was a strength. Yeah. We talked about that a little last week, but. I think the Minnesota, if, if they didn't, if their quarterback wasn't hurt, if Teddy Bridgewater and Adrian Peterson weren't hurt, I'd be giving Minnesota the NFC. But would you make the case though that maybe Bradford's a better suited for this team more than Bridgewater? No. Nah. I mean, well, if maybe if he's healthy and playing up I to mean, his potential, he can then maybe throw the ball. And he's, this team really has a lot of weapons that, like Kyle, Kyle Rudolph, which I'm gonna start with him in fantasy this week because I hope he puts. How up you points. doing in fantasy, right? <laughs> it's terrible, <laughs> terrible. Oh my god, I'm just like everybody's getting injured left and right. I'm just like, can I just wave the white flag? Like seriously, you're gonna no quit point. three weeks into the season. What's I, your record? Well, well, one league I'm 0 and 2 and 1. Okay. Uh, <laughs> other one. I'm oh, 2 and 1. Yeah, I know. 2 and 1. All right, 2 and 1 is a bad. 1 and 2 and That's 1 bad. and 2. So it's like I need to be 500 at least getting into my bye week from my other league. If I'm 0 and 2 and 1, I need to get at oh, least one boy. win before I get into the bye week. But yeah, it's just like Minnesota's interesting though. I I see Harrison it. Smith, friend of the show. Yeah, but hope we get him back on the show so yeah. we can talk about Vikings, but I think Bradford it's interesting. I think maybe this is probably the best team he's been on. Maybe he's yeah. This is by for, far. Yeah, maybe this is best suited for him for the team, but maybe for the offense in general. I mean, personally, even though without Pearson, maybe they could still, they could have put up a lot of points. When you look at Sam Bradford, he has the arm. Yeah, he, he has, has arm. So, some mobility. The problem with him has been staying healthy. Healthy, yeah. If he could stay healthy, he could be a really good quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, but that's the caveat. He hasn't been able to be healthy. He's been get, he got paid a ton of money. The, I think he was the last number one pick before they put the rookie scale in. Yeah. So when people look at Sam Bradford as just an overpaid, injury-prone quarterback, when in reality, if he's healthy, he could be a really good quarterback in the league. Yeah, certainly. So it would be a great weekend. It also starts on Sunday at 9.30. So With the London games. Yeah, so you guys are all football fans. A lot of people want to watch at 9.30 the whole day. I mean, that's just like – Whole day of NFL action. Plus 12 hours of football. That's yep. what it is. Be crazy. So I want to thank the guests for being on the show. Christian Dyer and Super Cali. Yes, having me on the show be sure to subscribe on itunes and soundcloud and follow the slam city facebook page and a twitter account at slam city on the score 360 follow us at more in this 10 at jeremy eps and the dunk 360 website at the dunk 360 because there can only be one you know it see you next week